Welcome to Culture Dumps. It is I, Parks Miller, taking the lead on one. I am joined by my co-host, Ryan Lichten. Hello. Hello, Ryan. How's it going? Um, the song that you heard on the intro of this show, you have probably heard a million times if you're of certain age, though, as we are going to get into it, maybe if you're a younger listener, you haven't heard it <laughs> yeah. because the song is starting to disappear. Right. Uh, but this is the song Rock and Roll Part 2 by uh, British glam rock singer Gary Glitter. And this is our dump. It's about the man, Gary Glitter. And who was he? He was an English glam rock singer who was incredibly successful in the 70s and the 80s. He's perhaps most well known for this song. We played Rock and Roll Rock Part 2. Rock and Roll two. Part 2. Uh, the popularity of this song kind of transcended traditional pop music because it became a sports chant. And a sports right. chant is basically this like very small but incredibly high level of fame that you can achieve if your song becomes a sports chant. It means that millions of people are going to know your song, whether they even know who sang it. Right. But you're still getting that insane recognition. Like, uh, dude, you know what's crazy? Queen, who kind of came out of the glam rock thing, they have two sport chant songs. They got We Are the Champions and We Will Rock You. But mm -hmm. also, yeah. like, I've been to like a bunch of hockey games like in the big arena, and they'll play like beautiful people from Marilyn Manson. And I was like, damn, like... Nowadays, going huh. to a game, and yeah. if you if you heard Gary Glitter and Marilyn Manson both being played at a game, <laughs> it'd be like, all right, someone needs That's to fill little, in the DJ. <laughs> it's a little edgy. Yeah. Um, uh, another um, kind of bigger, more recent one is uh, Seven Nation Army by White Stripes that oh, yeah. has kind of become like a sports chant. So the reason why I wanted to pick this as a dump is because I was I thought that Everyone knew this story, and I was kind of talking to some people and realized people don't know this story, and it's pretty fucking wild to me that people don't. So I was like, great, this is perfect for a dump because you've got your popular moment with this song, and then you've got this spectacular downfall. So yeah, the gross reason, stuff. Really gross. This it, is a yeah. file this under the Jared from Subway episode. Right. Um, you could say Jared Fogle is the Gary Glitter of the sandwich industry. <laughs> um, if you want. So but why Gary is Glitter Gary the Glitter... Jared Fogle of rock and roll? Except for there's a lot of Jared Fogles of rock and roll, but <laughs> <laughs> very, um, very true. So why is Gary Glitter a dump? Turning your song into a stadium chant is a household name level of success. Even if you don't know who sang rock and roll part two, you know how this song goes. However, Glitter's legacy is completely tarnished by his 1999 conviction of downloading child pornography and his convictions of child sexual abuse and attempted rape in both 2006 and 2015. Yeah. Glitter is currently serving 16 years for having sex with underage children. He's alive now, so this is a complete... This is a dump. I mean, it kind of almost gets into true crime territory just because it is the reason There's for like the There's like a manhunt. It's so completely related to this person's crimes 
and not say because it was some sort of trend. But his crimes have completely led it to being this like forgotten piece of history, even though he yeah. was this huge household name. So just to put it out there, we can put a content warning on this because this is not going to be a fun dump um, like some of ours are. Like the evidence supporting Glitter's crimes are so well documented and widespread. And in order to tell this story, we are going to be depicting uh, child abuse, yeah. sexual assault. But it'll have a great soundtrack. Rape. It's going to have a rocking soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack mate. rocks, um, but it is a little dicey. <laughs> it's very dicey. Yeah, he's kind of like a 70s glam rock R. Kelly or something. Yeah. That he's also kind of like the British Harvey Weinstein because there was a huge scandal that involved some other celebrities, too. So we'll, well get into yeah, all of that. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's going to be more yeah. than one creep. It's uh, not just this. one creepy British guy. It's like the Rat um, Pack, but of like British pedophiles. Yes. Um. And we already gave our content warning, so uh, you did have a good joke. Mount Touchmore. No, oh, yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> the Mount Rushmore of pedophiles. That's right. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. Basically, he was he he belongs on Mount Touchmore because there's a couple other really creepy, disgusting British men that were his friends. Yeah. So, Gary Glitter. Let's get into it. The rise to fame. So Glitter was born in uh, England on May 8, 1944, to the name Paul Francis Gad. Banbury, Oxfordshire, England. I don't know where the fuck that is. Oxfordshire. Anyway. Oxfordshire, yeah. So he was a rebellious child. He ended up uh, in children's delinquent homes by the age of 10. He was frequently running away, and he would hang out at nightclubs in London, which is probably where he got his dreams of becoming a rock star. Uh, by the age of 16, he was already starting to perform in these clubs, uh, so, such as a famous club called the Two Eyes in Soho, which is just famous for launching a couple careers of British musicians. I hate any place with an oho. I hate all those places. Like, I, I, I hate he noho. I hate hearing it. It makes me what not want to go there. Oh, you hate weho? I feel we like it's, it's like that's like an avocado toast sprouts fucking like uh, <laughs> plastic cup with a fucking paper straw, but you're drinking like a green juice. Like that's what I think of when I think of the ohos. <laughs> More like oh well, no's. Oh God. I know. All right. <laughs> uh, uh, well, Soho is shouted out in the uh, Kink song um, "Lola," uh, which, I, I was, which I love that song. So anyway, in 1960, under the uh, stage name Paul Raven, uh, Gad released his first single "Alone in the Night." And throughout the 60s, Gad continued to seek fame. He appears credited as Paul Raven on the original soundtrack for Jesus Christ Superstar in 1970, singing the role as priest. I haven't actually seen or listened to Jesus Christ Superstar. I know a couple of their songs, but... Not interested. No. But it was basically... He spent the whole 60s sort of figuring out his thing, and in the early 70s, Gad rebranded. He adopted the name Gary Glitter. Uh, notably because of the alliteration of the two G's, the Gary Glitter. Yeah. And it is a fucking catchy name. Gary right? Glitter. Yeah. Gary Glitter. Um, and he kind of associated himself with this burgeoning glam rock movement. And this is where his success really starts. You know, he. I love the glam really, rock movement. I like, love glam rock. It's you know, like, he, it, like, that's just like, like, that is rock and roll. Like the way it sounds like yes. to me, nothing personifies the way just like straight up rock and roll sounds other like more than like this fucking late yes. 60s or mid 70s like right. glam movement. It's just like and, here's rock and roll. And part of that is because part of the glam movement was that it was actually like a 50s retro movement kind of 
heart of it. Like a lot of these 70s artists were now at this point, the 50s had been 20 years ago. So it was kind of it's funny because we always talk about the nostalgia, like the 90s having a moment now, the 2000s hipster sleaze people are talking about this sort of 20 year cycle yeah that's coming in and so that my so era this, i'm like fuck i'm that old already shit <laughs> yep yep it's your time uh lcd sound system is going to be on fucking classic rock radio any day <laughs> now. um Justice. so but the seven the 70s was a moment where you really had that because they were really looking to the 50s in terms of like just rock and roll that aesthetic but then they were adding this like really futuristic like little, little richard was really a big part of that yeah because mm -hmm. you know there was like a little bit of a drag element the makeup and stuff and then, yes yeah a lot of androgyny was involved this time around whereas maybe the original rock and roll movement was a little more straight laced and it was just outrageous for being rock and roll what it was wearing a suit and playing that music so now it's kind of taking that but trying to push it further with this like androgynous they're like almost like space. wrestlers. Like they all had like yeah. characters, like fucking like mm -hmm. you know David Bowie. Like had all of his right. shit. Gary Glitter is like stardust. Gary Glitter yeah. looks fucking crazy when he becomes Gary Glitter. Like and it's full mm -hmm. throttle. Like he yeah. had this gigantic pompadour. The pompadour. Like this yep. like cat eye makeup. Like huge, crazy, literally it. wrestler type outfits that yes. were all sparkly. Nuts. He, the, the Liberace of rock and roll almost. Yes, he really nailed like the image, and then. To go along with it, his first single as Gary Glitter is going to be his biggest fucking song. It's the mega success Rock and Roll, which even in itself is a 50s throwback. So Rock and Roll started, this song started from a 15-minute jam session. And there's this very informal quality of the song. He ended up releasing a double-sided single, Rock and Roll Part 1 and Rock and Roll Part 2. Now, Rock and Roll Part 1 actually has lyrics about the birth of rock and roll. So again, very much in that 50s throwback. However, Rock and Roll Part 2 has no actual lyrics other than, hey. Yeah. And it's just, it's basically just these two really catchy riffs and then this chant. And honestly, the song is pretty fucking genius because it is incredibly simple. And the song yeah. blew up. Um, I, I mean, it's, I will... it's really weird, like, for me when I – because I first found out about Gary Glitter through, once again, uh, the VH1 100 Most Shocking Moments in Rock and Roll mm -hmm. when I was, you know, yeah. in, like, junior high or high school. And I, like, looked him up and, like, I was like, oh, fuck, like, he does that song that I've heard a million mm -hmm. times in every yes. sports movie and everything. Right. But, like, then to find out that it's, like – because like, I was like, how could someone be famous for playing that? Like, what, you go see him live and he just does hey? And then, but, like, it's right. really weird, like, just having that song and then actually hearing him sing and, like, have right. albums mm -hmm. worth of, like, other shit yeah, where he's yeah, not just definitely. saying hey, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Rock and Roll Part 1 and Part 2 uh, was a big hit um, in the early 70s in Europe and the U.K., I will say I actually do own a seven inch vinyl of rock and roll part one and part two. And that's Canceled. probably, I was going to say, that's probably like the closest <laughs> thing I have like to like sort of a true crime memorabilia. Cause I actually wanted it. Cause I was like, I was like, you know, sometimes people like get weird. You know, I know you have a lot of true crime memorabilia. And to I me, that was the thing. I was like, I want shit. the Gary glitter rock and roll vinyl. So that's like that. I, I own that. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's, it's cool. So anyway, rock and roll part one and part two. Uh, very successful part two, incredibly popular. This would be forever Glitter's signature tune. Now, this song kind of takes a life of its own as a sports chant. So in 1974, there was a minor professional uh, hockey league, not the NHL, 
NHL, but the IHL, the International Hockey League. And this uh, team, or this league, they were the first people to use rock and roll part two as a chant. Ah. It started as a hockey chant throughout the 80s. Uh, throughout the 70s, but by the 80s, it had moved on to the NHL, the NFL, the NBA, um, and basically by the 90s, I mean, the ni- this is what's so funny, is that even though this guy was like a 70s guy, there's such a 90s dump to Glitter, because that's when all of his shit is going to hit the fan, and right. that's also really, in a weird way, his peak ubiquitousness. Even if you didn't, again, even if you didn't know who Glitter was, by the 90s, like you every heard it. fucking sports, or like major, major sports game would play it. And like, like who let the dogs out? Yes. But it's like because it didn't have lyrics even. It was just this da 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 da. Hey, yeah. it's like you didn't even need to know who the fuck it was, but you could sing along. I mean, it's like doing the wave. Like well, who started and, the wave? Yeah. Someone exactly. started the wave. So yeah, and then I bet there, I bet you it didn't work out great the first time. I bet everyone was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" But he's like, "Come right. on, the wave," you know. But um, yeah. you know, <laughs> I feel like the fact that there is no real lyrics in the song, no, like it became so like known as a sports thing that like no one really even knew who did it after after right. like a couple decades. That's I I feel like a big reason why it lasted past his first scandal. Too, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Which I know yeah. we're, we're approaching, but uh, because you know, it's like in a, if you're in the UK, Gary Glitter was way more famous than he was in the states, right? One hundred percent. Yeah. So we didn't really like no one really cared or or even heard that news because no one even knew right. that that song was him. Anyways, it it was only until years later that right. it started getting weeded Gl- out. Glam never quite took on the same popularity in the US as it did in the UK, and I'll get to that in a minute. Um. The song got so popular in this sport area that it was actually just known as the Hey song. Um, and a lot of uh, marching bands would even perform it, too. And I'm going to play. Let's play a little clip of the Auburn University marching band doing their rendition of Rock and Roll Part 2. I feel like I've heard I've definitely heard any any time I've been around a marching band they've definitely always played that uh, a new yeah. big one for marching bands too is Mortal Kombat which is pretty dope. Ooh, nice. Yeah, nice. So, but now we're kind of jumping ahead here, but I just wanted to really because in a way, us you know the this song is so big a part of Glitter's story. So I wanted to just jump ahead and like kind of explain how fucking popular the song was. Also. Because of its association with sports, the song became very popular in a ton of movies, especially in the 90s, um, because it would kind of be this perfect, especially if it was a sports movie. uh, It was used a lot in like the training montage, which is also a very 90s thing. Or like on the way to the big game. Yeah, like, okay, guys, we're going to do this. We're going to get better and we're going to beat the other team. And, uh, yeah, so many movies, uh, Happy Gilmore, Small Soldiers, <laughs> The Replacements, uh, it was in Sex in the City, Any Given Sunday, South Park, The Office, Bedazzled, great fucking movie. Um, oh, and the yeah. Full Monty. yeah. 
just to, to name a few, the song. The full, the my mom a, loved the full Monty. Dude, can we talk right, about that right. for a second? <laughs> just a bunch of like average River Joes getting ass Monty. naked, and my mom's just like, I just love it. Look at our cute butts. Like, yep. <laughs> cute butts He's were a, a big thing in, in that era. Yeah. yeah. Guys had cuter butts back in the day. Right. So not only was he super, like this song just having the, it just had a huge moment in the 90s between sure. all this. And you got to think also when a, like professional sporting league is playing your song. They're paying you royalties for that yeah. song to be performed uh, in a stadium. So between that and the movie placements, how much fucking money was he making buy, off this? You, song? Buy, you buy a hell of a lot of hard drives. <laughs> tell you uh, that. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, basically the song had over 50 soundtrack credits. Uh, most recently, the song was used in the Todd Phillips movie, The Joker, which was a very yeah, controversial Joker. choice that I'll get into. Or just Joker. Yeah, we'll get into that later. So going back to the 70s, Glitter, he continued to enjoy success in the early 70s. He perfectly fit this gram, glam rock image and was just having a moment. Um, again, it was like we kind of talked about it, but glam rock, glam rock like kind of could have been a dump. But I feel like people love it so much. No, I now. love it. I don't think it's a dump right. at all. Because, I mean, you have David it, Bowie coming out of that and Rod Stewart. Yeah, you Stewart got T-Rex. Like, I mean, some of the uh, biggest. Mata you know. But it does have a dump moment because I think what's interesting is Bowie kind of had his glam moment. But then, you know, kind of part of what he's famous for is changing his image many yeah. times in his career. So he never got pigeonholed with it. But glam really had this, like fever pitch popularity that and glitter was a part of gary glitter also i think he was a little bit older than a lot of the other mm-hmm. groups or at yeah. least i'll say this he fucking looks goddamn older yeah, and and because definitely. because his signature look was so much a part of his thing like the other glam rock bands like you mentioned like t-rex and mount the hoople and stuff they were just rock bands that happened to dress like that so everyone looked crazy gary glitter had like a signature every time i'm doing this look thing so right. he was a regular on like fucking variety shows and stuff in the yeah. 70s like all the time yeah. like, oh and gary glitter's here look at this freak like right. what what we did with right. you know future dump mate tiny tim you know where it's just like oh throw uh-huh. him on tv because he's fucking Put him weird on TV. you know he's yeah. gary glitter what's his deal yeah now part of the glam rock movement is that it kind of had this callback to kind of like Beatlemania and like the way that there was this like youthful riot almost of rock and roll where like posters on the wall posters on the wall and then the shows were just complete chaos with like teenagers screaming <laughs> and so this is like a big part of like glitter and the glam rock. And it kind of like continued this legacy of this extreme fandom that you would see in artists like Morrissey, Michael Jackson, but really maybe with glitter, almost like NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, Spice Girls, that, that era of like fandom, Teeny bopper because- music or like, but right. also like just like insane passion. Like this is a life changing, like super influential moment right. mixed with like, this like adolescent like energy because it's because the music is very catchy but it's very simple and so it does kind of lend itself to being like oh this is something that like teenagers could be fans of because the music especially glitters is not very complex i mean bowie wrote songs about all sorts of shit but gary glitters literally half of his fucking songs are about rock and rolling you know yeah like it's nothing <laughs> it's just like oh, i like to rock and roll so it's just like i live for the weekend know, um, but yeah, he also had a couple other big hits in the UK and again, never really blew up in the US, but a couple of them were leader of the gang, which I got to say, I fucking love leader of the gang. It's like a great song. 
Uh, and and now the very retrospectively creepy song, Do You Want to Touch Me, which we should play a clip of. Yeah, we will do that. And yeah, uh, we're almost we're almost at the at the juice here. But uh, yeah, do you want to touch me? So it is creepy. And I just listened to that for the first time. You know, with, when Parks takes the lead on certain things, I'll sometimes just completely tune out and won't look anything up at all. Um, just Good. to kind of. That's cool. I, yeah. go along with it so mm -hmm. i i heard that for the first time today and i was like damn he's right but yeah. um i do like you, you some, can find, i do like leader of the gang but and do you want to yeah. touch me objectively because he says know. there he's like do you want to touch me there it's like god damn you didn't have to say there no yeah like, it, exactly you, you were putting enough on the table you didn't have to like but again point, like an basically old like, man the, dressed yeah, like, it's like the musical man. equivalent of like pointing at your dick um so anyway <laughs> So, basically what we're saying here is Glitter, he had many teenage fans in his early years, in particular because his songs were so simple and catchy. Uh, it's almost like a schoolyard chant to some of these songs. Like, they have this kind of, like, chanting. Part of it is, like, you don't even have to be a good singer to sing along to, you know, rock and roll. You just got to say, hey, like, no one, you don't have to be a good fucking singer whatsoever. So, he would be in contact regularly with adoring teenage fans. After a show, the fans would swarm his hotel. Glitter would get his chauffeur to pick fans from outside and bring them into his room. He would routinely sleep with women and girls regardless of their age. So, this well, is where we're starting uh, to get I don't know about regardless of their age because uh, I don't think he was bringing in any older ladies. No, I mean, yes, <laughs> he was very biased. He <laughs> skewed toward the younger. Um, now, this is a very well-documented situation in the 70s. Uh, Iggy Pop, David Bowie, Aerosmith, Led Zeppelin, Kiss, Marvin Gaye uh, are among some of the many 70s musical icons who all have very well-known stories of sleeping with teenagers. Um, yeah. If you don't know it, look it up. Um, it's yeah, it there. Burst you can your bubble. You can but, find uh... the evidence. Um, so this is a highly controversial aspect to the entire like rock and roll phenomenon uh, because it seems to be in some ways... Uh, very intrinsically linked. Uh, I mean, there are so many rock songs about men, fr written from men talking about having sex with underage women. I mean, if you just try to look yes. and find the number of rock songs that have the word 16, let me tell you, that's about the girl's age. And there are so many fucking 16-year-old <laughs> Like songs about sixteen-year-olds. Um, also, yeah. Chuck Berry. No, it's, Let's not it's forget, like, he's a pioneer of uh, sleeping with underage women. He was doing it in the damn fifties. Yeah, uh, yeah, oh, way shit. before well, these guys. And Jerry, so. Jerry Lee Lewis, you know, who Jerry fucking Lewis, married yep. his fourteen-year-old yeah. cousin. Like that's yes. fucking insane. Some, um, yeah, some some people argued, you know, it was quote a different time, uh, including some of the women involved. <laughs> famously, I only bring this up because famously, Bowie slept with this underage woman named Lori Maddox. She was like, I think, 12 or 13 at the time. She was like Bowie's girlfriend. But she has repeatedly and publicly claimed that her interactions while she was underage with Bowie were both consensual and some of like the best memories of her life. So it's kind of this interesting thing where like she is going way out of her way to say that she loved her time with Bowie. Regardless of that, though, you are presented with this very classic situation of celebrities who are yeah. using and abusing their positions of power and influence to get access and probably influence very impressionable 
younger fans who might not know better and who haven't even had right. the fucking well, time it, to understand their own sexuality and now they're placed exactly with these fan, you know that, famous that, people that to me is always kind of like this scary thing and you know i've i've had friends like you know where this kind of thing has happened at warp tour to them you know where it's like oh this guy in this band mm -hmm. is so hot like oh and you're talking about it with your girlfriends at like sleepovers and stuff and then you're in a situation now where you can actually meet this person now this person a grown man is going to be like okay well like you are all over me like let's fucking yeah. you know let, let's have sex and then it becomes real and that's fucking scary and it's like yeah you know I, the I, warp I, tour kind of was like the the emo bands were like the glam bands to, yeah they took up that mantle of being all about the underage yeah uh gl yeah glitter in his hotel room there would be a lot of free candy for his young fans. <laughs> god it's pretty fucking like that's it it didn't take much back then you know no I mean, also being an incredibly successful rock and roller is going to help, too. Now, yeah, can candy and fame. Forget about it. That's <laughs> how you coerce young, young girls. There is one person in victim in particular that I'm going to talk about. Justine Aykroyd. Um, so she she met Glitter when she was eight years old. And, uh, and I, I bring her up because the account of her abuse by Glitter is very vividly and disturbingly told in a documentary called The Real Gary Glitter Documentary, which you can find on YouTube and which I use as part of the research. Now, again, this shit's fucked up, but I'll, the story is that Glitter used his own daughter, Sarah, no. to lure Justine into a sense no. of comfort and got her in the bed with his daughter. So Glitter was in bed with his own daughter and eight-year-old Justine. Uh, and while, he, while his daughter was still in the bed, Glitter assault and raped Justine. Yeah. Now this is Jesus. So that is, I mean, it's weird because when you do fucked up things, you like should just kind of blanket be like, that's fucked up. But there's levels to it, right? Yeah. You can get, oh, yeah. You can no, be there's like definitely more, tears. And like, there's like a food say, pyramid of pedophilia. Right. This is and like the wheats. I think using your daughter as bait has to oh. be somewhere way up there, right? That's, like, yeah. Um, I mean, and, that's uh, and she was. Yeah, that's a sin so, worth Jesus going up on the cross for, like we were talking about. Uh, <laughs> yes, that, that's a heavy duty sin, dude. Yes, that is one of the lashings from Mel Gibson <laughs> was for. Oh, Sorry, I know we're making jokes, um, but anyway, uh, well, it's it's to help us we'll, deal we'll with put this, this on the Patreon. Uh, the link to this documentary, if you want. I mean, sure. her. It's very brave of her to tell this story. Um, it's totally fucked. Um, yeah, and this is just one particular story. It sounds like he was sleeping with a lot of underage women in this time during his fame. So, oh, sure, at his peak. I mean, and also yeah. like at a time when it wasn't as reported, it wasn't taken as seriously. Like, yes. especially if you're, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously eight years old is is one thing, you know, but you know, like if you're like a teenage girl at this show, like you might not be believed, you'll be viewed as well. I mean, you put yourself on the tour bus, you put yourself yeah. in the hotel room, kind of that's, a thing. So they're just getting away with the, it. That's one of the problems, or another thing with the fame is that there's there is a tendency to not believe. The people are saying, oh, but you wanted to meet him. You were asking for it. Victim. Yeah, that guy doesn't people. have to rape anyone because he's so famous. Yeah, why would Gary? Through. But it's like they're right. all the girls throwing themselves at him are fucking underage. Right. So, but speaking of his fame, uh, he, he did have like kind of a, a, a moment of a shitty career moment in the mid to late 70s as, because glam rock, again, like we said, we all love it now, but it really was kind of a fad. 
and it had a moment and it died and it got replaced by punk and punk was you know this like palate cleansing like fuck you fuck the institutions kind of music especially in britain because you know like you had God uh, us queen punk. shit yeah. yes but the uk punk with sex pistols like i think has a very distinct uh impact that even the u.s punk movement didn't quite have where it really yeah seemed, and, like, and the, the clash pistols, as well where both like, right. like sex pistols and the clash both had like politically charged shit where like yeah. in america it was more about like songs about like the gritty experience of just like right. living in mm -hmm. these air like you know yeah. in the areas they were from right so what's and what's kind of funny about that now is that actually glam rock is now kind of seen as an influence to punk. Um, right. The new, the New York dolls, especially One of my favorites. Um, uh, the stooges kind of have, you know, Iggy pop flirted with that glam. Even some of Bowie's songs kind of have this like early punk sound. But at the time punk is like, no, we can't fucking acknowledge our elders. Our elders are pieces of shit. Fuck them. So yeah, I bring them up. I'm going to bring them back in a second. But anyway, this was a bad time for Glitter. He had, by 1977, he had declared bankruptcy. Um, and he had also, the changing favors of music and also just a pretty severe cocaine addiction had contributed to a low point in his career. And I bring this up because in the 80s, he decided to turn his life around well, to some degree. Maybe the drug addiction, not to other things. Yeah, but he by cleaned the 80s, up. Yeah, Glitter was orchestrating a comeback. No, part of this that would happen is that he would stay like, I mean, he was really down and out in the late 70s and he would stay with different families. He actually stayed at Roll Doll's house. Roll Doll. Oh, you know, the yeah. Famous fucking children's author. Charlie and the Chocolate I'm, Factory. I'm going to get to. Yeah. Witches. Um, yep. Yep. I love Roll Doll. Um, and we're going to get to Roll Doll's daughter later. Not in that way. Sorry. Uh, but just that the story is going <laughs> to reconnect with her as yeah. well oh yeah um, i know about this yeah yeah but he stayed with his family the brown family uh and uh they had a 14 year old daughter allison brown now their father would actually chauffeur glitter i keep saying chauffeur really weird chauffeur, chauffeur, yeah i don't want to say anything but uh <laughs> I don't, yeah, know don't do I'm it again <laughs> uh you fucking drove you're gonna have glitter to correct around. yourself on the next episode um, like i fucking have to do every time and so basically he would drive glitter around to give the appearance that glitter was still this like hot shit rock star but but basically what you have now <laughs> is this 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 classic like family family manipulation so everyone was like starstruck by him and so they took him into his house they let him stay there and basically he started grooming allison so here's another great uh... fucking they were 14 when he she was 14 when he met her he started having sex with her when she was 14 though the family didn't know which again is just one of those insane things i think when you're starstruck where it's like how could the family not know? But again, not this guy's fucking good at doing this shit. He's, he's a been, fucking you know? he's a rock star. He's a personality. He's a yeah, he's a rock star farmer. who's crashing on their couch. Right. With but a again, fucking pompadour. Like, Dude, it probably but was I guess so part bizarre. of it is you're like you part of it would be like, oh, that's so weird that Gary Glitter is at like a low point in his life. But holy shit, he's my friend now. Right. Right. But in reality, he had this complete ulterior motive to get closer to the 14 year old Allison. They started having sex when she was 14. On her 18th birthday, Glitter and Allison Brown made their relationship public. Now, Brown would later accuse Glitter of sexual assault under the anonymous name Mrs. X, in which she eventually even revealed her own name. Now, they were together for a long time, for most of the 80s, and um, he did have a comeback. Um, Glitter had a comeback. He 
kind of like took his image um, and sort of like he took his glam image and just went a hundred thousand percent with it. Jumped the shark with it. He jumped the shark with it. He uh, I found a video of him performing like basically like a rock and roll circus where a motorcycle is on a tightrope and then the motorcycle has strings like a harness attached and so glitter is right he is being carried <laughs> underneath the motorcycle this is fucking um, that's crazy shit yeah very very wild yeah what just like over the top stuff in 19 he really was like the liberace of of rock and yeah, roll like liberace would come in the from top. the ceiling and shit he, you know i mean glitter is a perfect name because every time he's on tv he's wearing shiny sequins anything shiny he's literally is glittering he's a martian TV. yes he and he's a martian um <laughs> so in 84 his hit single another rock and roll christmas again with the fucking rock and roll uh basically <laughs> he it, had a, he and it's a christmas song right so let's get into the dumps right a comeback rock and roll christmas hit single From i mean gary that's glitter fucking dumps that, so yeah what he does is now he starts to like, in addition to just his performances, he just starts to become like a TV personality. He just ends up doing like every kind of like talk show, whatever he can kind of like telling this story of like this redemption. Like, yeah, I used to be addicted to drugs. I went bankrupt, but here I am. I'm much better. All the while, it's like he would get very confessional about the drugs, but he would never, of course, talk about, yeah, I'm fucking underage my girlfriend right. of, of course you know so of course well you know he's like he's like you know people think when you get sober you got to give up the things you like but uh <laughs> he's like, turns oh, out Jesus. i've been able to hang on to the number one thing yeah it's, so. it's absolutely <laughs> terrible but again him just like uh, you really like i know that we keep saying you got to see what he looks like and it's probably i mean obviously follow us on instagram we're gonna post tons of pictures of him but like just to see this guy come out like okay here's gary glitter and then a fucking like weird 80s wrestler looking ass mm -hmm. like with this crazy yeah. costume comes down sits down and then tells you not to do drugs and alcohol like yeah. it's this is literally some of the craziest shit right it's it's i think it's also funny one of those things where like sometimes you're like the things that were like acceptable back in the day you're like how the fuck like you look at pictures of gary glitter and how the fuck did anyone let their children near him but that's all in retrospect now looking at him Michael you're like Jackson, this man you know? yeah exactly but at the time it just he was crushing he was he was having a comeback well but also like you know i i said michael jackson yeah. but it's like michael jackson was the most famous person in the world from the time he was five until he died gary glitter is like literally couch surfing and like looks fucking crazy like it's two different things true it yeah. is true but it's way weirder that is, people is let, that in, let them around. Uh, in the eighties, in the eighties, he really did like become like a true British celebrity. See, that's the thing. Yeah, he was a lot this bigger. This shit over there. isn't. This shit wasn't crossing the pond, and so we weren't getting any of this. But in Britain, he was becoming incredibly famous, having a comeback. Now, one of these TV shows, uh, we're gonna do a slight detour to another big fucking British pervert, Jimmy Savile. <laughs> And, and his possibly stories, the ugliest man on, on the planet. Now, Jimmy Savile, you need to look up a picture of him because this man is a fucking pedophile. And if you look at pictures of him, it is what it is like if Disney made a movie about pedophiles, like he would be <laughs> like, there's, I don't it's really hard to describe, but he no, that's looks, an idea. 
it's like what's that movie Chitty Chitty Bang Bang where the guy yeah. steals children? <laughs> like he looks like a he looks like a man. He literally looks like a guy that would have a van that said free He's, candy. I had um Jimmy so, Savile is, a, is so nefarious looking. This is a very deep cut, but I had this Stranger Danger video when I was a kid, where like this guy, he was a sea monkey. He was from a family of sea monkeys. This is live action, and but so he was kind of like a, like one of the live action Ninja Turtles, but a sea monkey, and uh, he would have this watch that he could press a button and go back home anytime he needed mm -hmm. to, anytime he was in trouble. And so he kept getting in cars with strangers and shit, and like getting out of the, getting out of trouble. And then one time he like took his watch off to go swimming and then forgot to put it back on and he takes a ride from a guy and the guy's not taking him home and uh, -oh. uh that guy is like jimmy savile like the guy yeah. that kidnaps the sea monkey to do things yes, to him exactly like, it, but also it is like after school he looks like after school special don't get in a car with this man yeah like he is like the most caricatured version but, but well when you like we were talking about this the other day at the top of the episode when we said that Gary Glitter is like the Jared Fogle of rock and roll and, you know, Jared Fogle's the Gary Glitter of sandwiches. Um, the thing about, I've, I noticed this, like all these British pedophiles look like a class of supervillains from a comic book. They yes, all dress British. outrageous. They look fucking crazy. And then we get boring fucking people like fucking Jared to be our, our huge Jared, scandals. Jared and Epstein, like, they don't have that fucking swag. They, yeah, they, <laughs> oh they don't have God. that. They don't have that pedophile swag. Yeah, that, they're, um, yeah, they're called. They're named Jared Fogle, not Gary Glitter. Yeah, Jimmy so, Savile. Yeah, so Jimmy Jimmy Savile. The reason why I bring him up is because he, uh, he, we just talked about how shitty this person is, but like he was a just as famous as Glitter, a TV personality. He oh, was way more famous host of though. Top of the Pops. And this show called Jim will fix it. I mean, he was like a. I mean, he hung out with like the royal family. Dude was like he was like Dick Clark high, and yes. like a highly and like respected other people combined. Yeah. Now the show Jim will fix it was the concept that basically Savile would f quote fix the wish the wishes of viewers. So if you're like, oh, I I don't know, I want this or that, and then he would have them, and then he would fix it. He would make someone's dreams come true. Often fucking children and oh, what hey. it is is it made it also like added to this perception that Savile was like this really nice guy but actually he was a fucking pedophile and it probably actually worse than glitter if we really get into the I, stats I, of it i would say so um, man because he was given so he donated all this money he raised like two million dollars or something for a hospital and they gave him like a like a figurative like key to the hospital but he like took that literally and would like wander the halls of the hospital at night yeah. and like fucking touch kids like under the guise of like yes. oh i'm here to like visit and i'm so famous but then mm -hmm. it was like you know sick kids he also had access to a mental institution that was like, yeah. the same deal uh -huh, and he was left uh -huh. unattended with patients like yeah fucking like underage fans okay like we were talking about Again, these tears celebrity the, yeah. the, the, the mm. food but pyramid of pedophiles yeah. this is like vegetables oh. like like the most servings uh, that you could get of like disgustingness jimmy savile yeah. was yes so one thing he would do is he would he would have these children on his show and he would sexually abuse them in his dressing room at the bbc studios now rumors spread of Seville's crimes, but nothing substantial was ever done during his lifetime. He got out in his life uh, clean. I want to play a clip. Shit. I want to play a clip now bringing up the punk thing again of uh, Sex Pistols and Public Image Limited vocalist John Lydon, also known as Johnny Rotten. Uh, this is a clip. He was on BBC in 1978 talking about Savile 
and this never made the air. Let's play this clip real quick. Well, I'd like to kill Jimmy Savile. I think he's a hypocrite. I bet he's into all kinds of seediness that we all know about but are not allowed to talk about. I know some rumours. <laughs> people always tell you things, don't they? Ain't I a bitch, eh, don't you think? On occasion. I bet none of this will be allowed out. I shouldn't imagine libelous stuff will be allowed out. Nothing I said is libel. Oh. Yeah. This clip what? never made the air. Leiden was a very controversial public figure. Still and because is. He still is. And he's saying he'd like to kill Seville. Um, so I think that that, in a way, sort of discredited him because he was already seen as this. Con it was kind of like, what is he going to He's going to say anything to kind of like, you know, get people. Next thing up. you know, he's going to be supporting Trump. Sure. But <laughs> also, was like the whole thing be, that he was so, I mean, it never made the air. So it's just one of those. It's kind of like how you can go back with Cosby and you can actually find like I think like DL Hughley uh the comedian like did an interview in like the early 2000s where he's talking about some crazy Cosby shit but he doesn't want to actually break the bubble right it's kind of like that thing with John Lydon and Jimmy Seville where it's like he's just all but saying it but he's not saying it and never makes the air so yeah. Anyway, we're just throwing out. I mean, again, like we said, it's not going to be a fun dump. We're throwing out this character too because he's going to come. Stuff here. He's going to come back uh, to affect Gary Glitter in a very big way. But he was also one of the TV shows that Glitter was making his comeback on. Glitter was on Jim will fix it, uh, and Glitter performed on Top of the Pops while Seville was the host. So ah. let's go to the '90s now. So basically. At this point, Glitter has had like a very successful comeback. Um, but now in 1992, it's going to be a it's going to be a rocky decade for Glitter. It's going to start off weird. It's going to go really great in the middle and then it's going to end horribly. Yeah, that's that's Glitter's 90s. So in 92, this relationship with Alison Brown began to crumble and she started going to tabloids telling her story that she had had sex with Glitter when she was underage. Now, here's the problem, though, is even though she's telling her story, the tabloids were the only people buying the story. And they're all, as we know, like tabloids always kind of have this, like you have to be suspicious right, of yeah. what you hear on a tabloid because oftentimes rumors are made up in an attempt to disgrace celebrities. So it's kind of that double-edged sword where like you want to tell your story, but if you tell it to the tabloid, your entire story could be discredited. So it wasn't necessarily like the best way for Brown to go about describing, you know, her. Right. Well, the there's also the financial aspect. Like if they buy a story, it's like, okay, well, like, right. You, you know what I mean? Like, even if mm -hmm. it's like, well, she's about to fucking divorce a guy who I'm sure was like supporting her. Like, I don't fucking think there's anything wrong with selling the fucking sordid details of a fucking child molester to a fucking right. Any publication. But right. yeah, the thing, but yeah, that's, it's tabloids. So you're like, Oh, okay. But once you put that thought out there, even if it's fucking outlandish or unsubstantiated, like that's out there now. You know, True. someone like people have True. seen that and that's going to be kicking around in their heads. I think what it means is that when when people are like routinely doing these kinds of crimes, no matter how much they try to cover it up, like you can always find in the periphery people that are just like pretty much winking or like hinting at like, yeah, this shit's going down. So but Glitter was able to deny these claims and these didn't derail his career much in the way that Michael Jackson had 
in the early 90s some accusations of underage sex and he was able to successfully deflect pay pay his way out of it sure yeah i guess (laughs) i don't know if glitter did i guess glitter just like denied it apparently he would make her wear school girl outfits that was one of the um, it's not enough that she's an actual school girl mm -hmm. like you have to fucking put her in the costume too god now also also in 92 interesting enough so bringing back to roll doll the author Glitter was on this TV show called This Is Your Life with a friend, Tessa Dahl. Now, she was the daughter of Roald Dahl. And on the show, she recounts a time where Glitter was staying with the Dahl family when his career was in the pits. Like we've said, he had this like late 70s moment where he was just basically a fucking vagrant, broke, washed up rock star. And he was like kind of like using whatever little celebrity he had to like crash on people's couches basically yeah but she tells on tv that her little sister lucy would charge schoolgirls admission to come visit and meet with glitter and on tv glitter he oh. puts his he puts his finger to his mouth and he does a little shh he's like oh, don't God. let that cat out of the bag just the most child molestery thing you could do and he, is yeah, put and your finger to your lips and say smirk. shh yeah again oh. none of this was enough to stop glitter because this is 92 and but and in the 90s now with the rise of talk shows glitter like kind of has really achieved this level of like very ubiquitous british household name celebrity he goes on these talk shows he would use this like incredibly confessional style to talk about his drug addictions and his bankruptcy and he really was very successful in getting public sympathy he even on a talk show referred to himself as being the victim saying i felt like i had been raped and he's wow and he's wow. saying that nice, and, Gary. It's, and it's kind of one of the yeah it's kind of those things you're like you do the research and like wow like this dude like all but wants to say it you know like which is always like it's always so creepy and weird when you like watch materials and you realize that after the fact yeah. this person was hiding this secrets but well it's like had, fucking he, jeffrey dahmer's home video and he's like in yeah. the midst of like mm-hmm. his like insane insane crime run and fucking his dad's like oh like you've been busy he's like oh no not really and i you yeah. know i don't have time to cook so i've just been eating mcdonald's and it's like yeah and people you know yeah <laughs> like exactly. gary glitter it's like oh yeah you know cleaned up my act and i stayed with some friends and had sex with their kids and uh now i'm right. doing great yeah it's kind of it kind of puts a new meaning to like one for me one for you right it's like he's <laughs> he'll throw he throws the public is like oh yeah i was a drug addict that should get me some sympathy i've reformed forgets yeah. to mention all this other fucking crazy fucked up. Yeah, and then, and then on top of that, to equate his his tabloid, you know, appearances mm-hmm. as uh, relating to the fucking sex crimes he's actually committing. Yeah, it's 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 messed up. Now here we go. Let's get into the start of the downfall, and this is yeah. Gonna be... Finally, the son of a bitch needs to go. Yeah. So in '97. Child pornography. 1997, Glitter sent his laptop to a computer repairman. The technician found (laughs) 4,000 images of child pornography on the hard drive. Now, I got to say, it's always, and we've said it before in the Fogel, but like, it's always (laughs) so So much. much It's never just like two pics. Again, 
I don't want to like go through the whole thing, but it's because like there's not like a there's not like a plethora of websites with like thousands of videos. You have to create your own archive of this shit if that's like what you're yeah. trying to do because you can't just like go get it wherever, you know what I mean? So you have to like have yeah. enough like variety. Like you, like I'm sure these guys probably collect photos of shit they're not even into just to like be like no, not this one, just to give themselves the experience uh -huh. of like browsing. But yeah. also like that repair man, like I'm just picturing, like okay, Mr. Glitter, uh, we'll have your computer back. We're like, let's see what this freak's got, and then you're like, oh shit, <laughs> yeah. You know? I'm yeah, I mean, maybe he was digging around where he shouldn't have been, but thank you for doing it. Because yeah, th this is this is where it you Robin know, Hood finally starts to get exposed for the crimes he's doing. So he was arrested on charges of possession of child pornography. Now, funny little dump detour is the movie Spice World. The Spice Girls feature <laughs> film movie. Now, this is like a not quite a dump, but it's dump worthy information. Glitter had just filmed a cameo in the movie Spice World, and his movie was just about to come out. But because of this controversy, the cameo was cut. However, a clip of the Spice Girls performing a cover of My Gang remains in the movie. And what's interesting about this movie is it has another scene cut for another celebrity that also had a very scandalous reason for being cut. The the fashion designer Gianni Versace was also oh. filmed through a small cameo in this movie. How, however, in 97, Versace was murdered. Right. And it was so close to the release date that the producers of Spice Andrew World Kunanen went back that, that killed him, yeah. And they scrapped his cameo. So Spice World, in addition to just being this very 90s pop culture treat, has two cut cameos because of very scandalous reasons. That's crazy. So, getting back to the trial, right? In the wake of these charges, the former girlfriend, Allison Brown, charged Glitter with indecently assaulting her while she was a teenager. She, for a while, went as Mrs. X, but then eventually went public and said, no, I am the person, I am Allison Brown, I'm the one making the accusations. Glitter was acquitted of the charges against Brown, but he did have to plead guilty to downloading the 4,000 images of child pornography. Some of these children I mean, were yeah, expected to be There's no getting out of that. Old. Right. Yeah. Oh, but, two years old? Yeah. Pictures of two years? Oh, my God. It's just like, again, I guess I don't tears, know how they exactly determine the tears it. tears of, of depravity. Because I think that they don't... I guess, like, in the, in the case of 4,000 images, they're probably not actually contacting all the victims or even know how to get... Because the, the possession of child pornography is a crime in itself, and then the actual creation of it is a whole other crime. So, like, if he owns the pornography, you kind of have to focus on that, and you don't necessarily even get to, like, get to, like, try and contact the children that were depicted in it, right? Right. So, it's, like, well, it's an yeah. estimation that some of these children looked to be two years old. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, doesn't make it any better. Doesn't make it, it any if better. If the kid is young enough to look doesn't like he's two it. years old, he's a fucking baby. I'm saying it's like I did this research and now I have this terrible shit in my head, so I'm trying to just yeah, get trying, out to, trying to work it out. Um, yeah, man, Gary fucking glitter, dude, with with all that, all of that fucking point four thousand fucking images. But yeah. also, it's like and there's that's no rookie getting numbers out of that. To some like he, of them these days. Right. Well, hard drives are a lot bigger now. This is the nineties. You know, this yeah, is the nineties. This isn't terabytes, right? Yeah. Oh God. Fucking you know, hell. motherfuckers out there have terabytes of this awful yeah. shit. So he got he he pled guilty, but his chart he he was sentenced to four months in jail for 
possession of child pornography. One month for each thousand photos of children yep. being abused. So you can say he probably got off a little easy, right? Yeah. But at this point, we're hey. still, even though he got off easy, this is still like his. Im- I mean, his image has been like tarnished. That's it. Because because he it. was one of those kinds of people where it's like you're so outrageous, you're so visible, and now you have this on you, and it just makes all the past couple decades of you like creating this image and like everything that you've done now seems weird. Like it's not one of these like, weird. oh, I yeah. never saw it coming. Like he's like, yeah. he lives such a normal life. It's like now everything about you becomes about this, this because yeah. it's so weird that you look like that and you do all this shit yeah. and you were doing this. And doing some of the research, I would, I was finding some of these 90s talk shows that he was on and it's just so crazy how often he mentions children in the interviews, how often he mentions how his act his musical act is very kid friendly and he kind of goes out of his way to say, listen, like I might be like a rock and roller. I might have had like a pass with drugs, but I'm like a kid friendly performer. And he goes out of his way to mention that multiple times on these TV. Uh, anyway, yeah, a little too friendly, a little too friendly. So he gets out of jail out of these four months in 99. And now we're getting to some like just, yeah, villainous type shit. He flees the country he he goes to Spain in his yacht. I mean, that is some like fucking like takes to the seas. Just like all right, the I'm gonna flee to Spain in my yacht. Yeah. His, um, he went by an alias, fake name. His identity was discovered, so he fled to Cuba. Then he eventually fled to Cambodia and settled in Vietnam. Okay. You, like it's like I just know that like people listening are gonna be like oh weird like Spain and wow then Cuba and then when you say Cambodia it's like ooh like this is gonna get really bad <laughs> like yeah because there there are definitive like pedophilia tourist destinations in mm-hmm. the world yeah. and Cambodia is very high on yeah. that list yeah and uh, and Vietnam and it sucks Vietnam can't catch a fucking break right I mean not only do they have <laughs> it's true. Not, not only do they have one of the shittiest wars happen in their country in the 20th century, but they also have a reputation of being a safe haven for sex offenders. Right. They even have billboards because uh, like we watched this. Uh, oh, well, you, I know you're going to talk about it, but the documentary Come Home, Gary Glitter. Yeah. Which is the mm-hmm. only one I watched, by the way, mm-hmm. like no, leading into yeah. this. Like, that's that's everything I knew about Gary that Glitter. That really good. Ca- came from that. It's one of my favorite documentaries that I've ever it's seen. It's a great it doc. Is, yeah. It is so goofy mm-hmm. and like has like all these like quirky like Jackie Chan's in it for yeah. a second. A guy swallows <laughs> a bug like like yeah. during his interview about this child molester and like they're like they're trying to locate him and they hear all these rumors and he's <clears throat> and like swallows a bug. It's fucking fantastic. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I'm, I'm going to talk they, about they this. Show, um, yeah. Yeah. They show a billboard that says abuse a child here. Go to jail in your country. And it's like mm-hmm. a big billboard, like yeah. just straight up warning people coming out of the airport. Like, right. don't come here. To it's fuck like, kids. please don't please don't come here to fuck kids. Um, right. And it's a shame because I love Vietnamese food. Now, that being <laughs> said, glitter. He was safe. This is like, what, early 2000s, but not for very long. Uh, he was right back to his old tricks. Uh, and he caught the attention of local police because he would frequently leave nightclubs with underage girls. Um, so they found enough evidence to charge him with sex with underage girls. Uh, they found a 15-year-old girl living at his home in Vietnam. He was arrested at the airport trying to board a flight out of the country. Again, with that like movie villain shit. like Just like 
half a step ahead of the law. Not, you like, could do like a Indiana taken, Jones map with like the red right. dots, like do 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 do. If he had do, just do, 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 but taken Gary Glitter's the flight like, one day sooner, you know. Um, so yeah, yeah. But and then there was this BBC documentary called "Come Home, Gary Glitter" that Ryan just mentioned, and this a aired in 2005. And this it's a crew crew of filmmakers, very like Louis Thoreau style, where they're trying to find glitter in Cambodia and Vietnam. Um, and it's actually interesting because a big theme of the documentary is to say we're trying to find glitter and we're trying to wonder, like, you know, it's been six years since he served time for child pornography. He's a disgraced British icon. Would it be possible if Gary Glitter came home, would the public maybe like embrace him and say like, hey, fuck no, we'll, we'll accept you back. And so that's kind of this weird subtext of like what they're trying to accomplish. They definitely spend a lot of time saying like, oh, he's like a sick man and he just needs help and trying to like garner sympathy for Glitter. But I feel like that was their way, though, of like kind of getting access to like the government officials and stuff mm -hmm. throughout, yeah. like, you know, throughout Cambodia and Vietnam, because like and the people that knew where Glitter actually were like friends of his because they're like, yo, listen, like, I don't want you just to make a fucking movie where you're just True. gonna be like fucking child molester it motherfucker might, yeah so like, no we want to we want to help them yeah. we want to help them and it's all that under was probably that guy's. a pretext yeah because what they found in the documentary was that he was actually visiting this children's orphanage in vietnam and they interview like the guy who runs the orphanage and like on camera the guy who runs the orphanage like has to have the realization that Gary Glitter is like a convicted. Oh, he's not a fucking doctor. Sex he's... offender. Yeah, he was pretending to be a doctor to to like go to this orphanage. So basically, but he would sing them love songs, like he said. Like well, he would play sweet. guitar and and sing them love songs. We'll we'll note it in the. <laughs> we'll take note. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying it's creepy. Like, <laughs> like, hey, I'm a doctor. Let me serenade you, fucking twelve year old yeah. girl. Weird. Yeah, but basically. Yeah, it's a really interesting documentary also on YouTube where it's just like they're trying to find him. They're also encountering these people who are close to him who definitely seem to be protecting him. And then they're also finding these like actual like government officials of Vietnam who are like incredibly embarrassed that they've like let a very high profile sex offender run wild in their country and they have no idea where he's at. Right. Um, so this documentary ends with a montage of news footage of his arrest because, like I said, in 2005, he was arrested for charges of child rape, which he beat those charges, though in the trial he admitted to sleeping in bed with an 11-year-old. Um, now, this is really lucky for Gary because in Vietnam, punishment for child rape uh, is the firing squad. You could literally be shot oh, yeah. up by a firing spot. So he dodged the bullet there. But uh, I can't say I see anything too wrong with that. No, fucking do it. <laughs> now, he also, also imagine if Gary Glitter was executed by firing squad and that's how right. this fucking ended. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he definitely he was most certainly saved in still in part because of his celebrity um, from. Yeah, just like not being shot up by a bunch of soldiers. Yeah. But. He had another trial in Vietnam in 2006 in which he was found guilty of obscene sex acts with two girls, one aged 10 and one 14. He was sentenced to three years in prison, 
ordered to be deported upon completion of the sentence, and he was also ordered to pay to the equivalent of $315 to the families of victims. $315. That's not Jesus. a lot of money. Now, yeah, I was gonna say I could pay a family <laughs> off right now. Like, I mean, it'd be like all my money, but like, I have, I even I have that much money. Yeah. So in 2008, Glitter suffered a heart attack while in prison, and he was able to use. This is like some more crazy fucking criminal hijinks. He was able to now establish that he had a heart condition because of this heart attack, and on the day of his release, he was ordered to fly back to London via Bangkok. Now, while he was in Thailand. <laughs> Glitter refused God. to board the he refused to board the plane to London and instead he was just hanging out in the airport lounge claiming he was a free man. It's like basically like I'm in like a non legal jurisdiction like yeah. limbo and I, I will also, not go back to Also sending a fucking a like accused, you know, or like a, a convicted child molester, or, you know, like like sending him to fucking Bangkok, Thailand to wait for a plane is like fucking sending an addict to a shooting gallery to wait for a fucking plane. It's just like, hey, like we, we, we really need you to come to London so we can lock you up. But first, uh, go to the literal place where there's more child brothels than like anywhere oh in the world. So God, one so, last hurrah. Yeah, but he never got it. He okay. um, so he claimed with his heart condition that he needed medical attention he tried to fly to hong kong to see a doctor so he, he i think he actually did go to hong kong and they actually refused to admit him into the country so he had to fly good back for china to thailand and and then at that point thailand said you have a fucking deadline my bro you need to leave He's like, the country hey, don't threaten me with a good ASAP. time buddy i'm um, good for it so he finally gets back to london in this process, 19 different countries, including Cuba and Cambodia, formally declared that glitter would not be allowed into their countries. I'm assuming that that is a, still a standing order because this shit happened in like 2008 or whatever. So yeah. he gets back to London and he immediately he says he's going to make a comeback album. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I mean, here's the thing. We're, we're talking. This is the second true disgrace right i mean he had the accusations in the 90s he beat that he had the child porn in the late 90s guilty of that disgraced now this 2006 it's like he's just been fucking in vietnam up to every bad thing you thought he was doing it yeah you're doesn't... not a fucking crazy rock star anymore now you're just a freaky old man touring <laughs> parts of fucking like small villages in Asia looking for young children. You're just it like doesn't a ghoul in there. It doesn't in there. Now we're going to bring, not. we're going to bring back Jimmy Savile, that creepy Willy Wonka motherfucker who <laughs> in his career, Jimmy Savile, the television personality, he never experienced like a true reckoning for anything he did. But in 2011, Savile died almost immediately following his death were these explosive accusations of his widespread pedophilia and child molestation. Like basically it seemed like a production company was just waiting like, like the, an obituary. It was just kind of like, yeah, guess what? Now that, because he was a really powerful person in his time. Sure. Yeah. He was huge, so, very, very famous yeah. and influential. And it just basically seemed like for years, as far back as the sixties, uh, Savile was exploiting his celebrity and his char huge charities to get close to children. Uh, these stories began to surface 
Uh, there was stories of parties that would last for days in which many prominent like businessmen would come to have sex for children. So, I mean, you're getting to that child prostitution ring shit that, you know, yeah. It's, so he and, and these- there's a lot of fucking high profile musicians and because uh, he did top top of the pops yeah, that were a- involved in that like mm-hmm. you know he would be they he would hook them up with with right. underage people I, and you know in the UK the tabloids are even more vicious uh, than American mm-hmm. ones are if you can even believe that and uh, I I saw one article when I was just like going down this Savile fucking wormhole um, where. Like I said, he had he had like the keys to this hospital and he would roam the halls. But yeah. they said that he would Mental also hospital. visit the morgue too, yeah. like and like fuck around with like the dead bodies, like like, like yeah. touch him instead as like a goof. But then sometimes he would just be in there, and it's like I don't know if that's yeah. true. But like uh-huh. I just like that there, they ran out of things he really did. So now they're just like I guess the only thing like maybe grosser. he was into necrophilia too. Yeah. yeah. So there was this uh, I guess ITV um, is the. Uh, company they released this documentary the other side of jimmy savile uh which this kind of led to this whole watershed like i mean kind of like a harvey weinstein moment in britain where it just like boom cat is out of the fucking bag um over 400 people uh came forth accusing savile of sex crimes going as far back as the uh 60s uh he would busy stories of his nefarious nature began to pour out he would use the show jim will fix it to get close to children or and orchestrate their abuse he often would act very publicly hostile to children as a way to deflect any suspicion. So he would say, I hate children. I, you know, he would say stuff like that to basically make it seem like sus. Why would I, very sus. He was also famous for raising, you know, millions of dollars for charities. This was just, again, another way for him to gain trust and get closer to children. Now, in this, all this information coming out in this documentary, there was stories that Gary Glitter had raped a 13-year-old girl in Seville's dressing room in the 70s. So now we're getting back to Glitter. Now, one other thing about Seville, which is just you're going to love him, is that it, <laughs> in 99, after Glitter was you know, a, a convicted for the child pornography, Saville, Jimmy Saville went on the news and said, he defended Glitter and he said, quote, Gary has not sold them, referring to the child pornography. He has not tried to sell them. Oh, I they, saw this, yeah. They were for his own gratification. What has Gary Glitter done wrong? Well, nothing really. He just sat at home watching dodgy films. No, okay. Watching okay. fucking dodgy films. Dodgy films. Like, okay, like Sallow is a dodgy film. <laughs> like, Serbian film is dodgy. Like, leave it, leave it n- to a British man to refer to 4,000 images of child porn as dodgy dodgy <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's something about the brits where it's like they can make it seem so quaint but they're talking about oh dodgy just, isn't it it's just dodgy it's just dodgy isn't it oh um, my god dude i've been watching geordie shore by the way uh, the the jersey shore of the uk uh holy fuck they yeah. don't bleep out any cuss words and they can show nudity and boy do they it is <laughs> insanity so now, this documentary is going to lead to the most recent arrest of Gary Glitter in 2014, this time for eight counts of sexual offenses to two underage girls between the years of 1977 and 1980. He was also then accused of seven counts of indecent assault, indecent assault against three underage girls between 75 and 80. 
In February of 2015, Glitter was convicted of attempted rape, four counts of indecent assault, and having sex with a girl under the age of 13. He was sentenced to 16 years in prison. And as of today, that's where he sits. He's in fucking Good. prison. Um, I hope he's having a really p poor time in there. He's too. having a, a daft old time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, fuck him. Now... The BBC, because the BBC ain't looking good in this because this shit happened in their studios. Um, their response is uh, the top of the pops has announced that they will no longer play any of Glitter's performances. Now, the also part of this fall is this strong association with his song. I mean, this started with the fucking Hey rock and roll song, right? The Hey song. Uh, and yeah. The association with that song and Glitter's crimes have led to the song now kind of being phased out of sporting events. And I really right, don't think... That when the porn thing yeah. happened, that didn't affect it at all that because that enough. was a really big news. That wasn't yeah. enough. Um, yeah. But so now... And so now it adds this real culture dumpy moment, I think, where again, of you and my generation, Ryan, of like going to 90s sporting events and hearing this song. And I'm like, oh shit. Well, so now it's been about eight or 10 years where you wouldn't hear this song very regularly. Um, yeah. The, yeah, in, two, in 2012, the NFL advised teams to avoid playing the song because of the associations with a, convict, a convicted child predator. So, and obviously the song has fallen out of favor in sporting events and movies. Now, to bring up the Todd Phillips Joker again, because this movie came out in 2019, and this movie uses the Gary Glitter song. So it kind of, uh, part of the controversy of Todd Phillips, I mean, the Todd Phillips Joker was very controversial for many different reasons, you know? Yeah. Which um, is all kind of bullshit once you actually saw it and you're like, oh yes. no, it's just like. But one of the know. lesser controversies was that it included Gary Glitter's Rock and Roll Part 2. It's in the it's in the scene where Joker's dancing on the stairs, which became like a meme. Like that yeah, it's scene. Iconic. Yeah. yeah. Now I think that probably they chose the song because they were fully aware of the associations that this song was written by a convicted child molester. And so they chose to put it in knowing that it would get controversy. And I think that's what I mean, happened. The, the information was out there that he had done all that shit. So whether it was intentional that and, they, and that had something to do with why they picked it, I don't know, but they definitely knew, you they, know what I mean? Yeah. So, like someone down the line of approving this thing had to have no, told intentional them. Well, or people not, forget. Yeah. Like Todd Phillips, like he's always done transgressive stuff. Like, yeah, he did like the hangover movies, you know, in old school, but mm -hmm. he made hated, you know, yeah, the, the, the Gigi Allen, Allen documentary, mm -hmm. which is yeah. like the top grossing student film of all time. And is like, you know, I mean, that was his break into the film industry. Right. So it's like he's going to pick fucking f fucked right. up shit and it's not going to yeah. bother him. You know what I mean? Yeah. But basically, this is just one other reason why the joker movie is like an edgelord's paradise so <laughs> like, yeah so, so we yeah. pretty much <laughs> edgelord we pretty much uh reached the end of the story but we wanted to go back to mount touchmore the the <laughs> british celebrity pedophiles because we uncovered a couple others in the research of this um and they were all yeah probably friends and so even though this story is about gary glitter in a way, it's also about Jimmy Savile because he was kind of like this weird connection between a lot of these pedophiles because of his TV uh, personality. So yeah. you had Jonathan King, who was this singer. I didn't know who this guy was, but he was convicted of sex with underage girls. And he has since 
like it recently, like in interviews, just completely unapologetic. He's just like, yeah, yeah I, he's like, fucking eh, I like did young it. girls. What do you want? I yeah. did it. I had a great time. And so that guy. Well, was I, I saw an interview with, with him where he said, like, well, I'm not like sexually. I'm not I'm like, he's like, I'm too old to fuck now. So, like, no, I'm not like out there seeking him. Yeah. But like, darn, I wish I could. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Now, he was a friend with Savile, and then uh, Rolf Harris was a musician and painter who also appeared on Jim Will Fix It. He also uh, fucking fucking pedo, dude. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then there was this also guy, Stuart Hall, who was a radio presenter, and he was also found guilty. And there was actually there was this um, UK child or child sex operation or uh, undercover operation called Operation U-Tree. And this was like in the wake of the Jimmy Savile documentary in which they did this sting and they found like some of these people like Stuart Hall, Gary Glitter was involved with it. And I mean, this is basically was like the British version of the Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein scandal where all these prominent British media. Or, or I would even say like Epstein where there was people associated mm -hmm. with the yeah. club, you know? Right. Yeah. It's, it's a little more Epstein because it does involve children. There is like this child sex. And it's like a ring, ring. you know, and like, yep. Prominent figures. And yeah. So they were, gross. they were all just doing it and high fiving each other the whole time. Um, so sorry. <laughs> I mean, we told you it was going to be a, a shitty dump, but that that's where it's at, you know? Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, I, we could have uh, gone a lot uh, grosser with with the with the jokes. I hope uh, I hope we didn't rub yeah. anyone the wrong way yeah. on the Gary Glitter. I was I hate to rub someone mm -hmm. the wrong way while talking about Gary Glitter rubbing mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. wrong way. I heard. Uh, you. So what does it all mean, Parks? <laughs> so I say, fame with fame, it comes this access to corruption. You know, people will assume that you are a good person just because you're famous they will let down their guards and defenses to complete strangers just because they've seen them on tv and they feel as if they know them from their fame from whatever it is that they do but it doesn't really matter what image you're presenting to the public because if you're a fucking scumbag you're a fucking scumbag and hopefully people will find out eventually what you're really all about and that's the story of gary glitter yeah, God, what a g g nice glittery dump that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. Well, fuck him. Um, definitely, though, on our Patreon, I will be posting. We'll post all the documentaries. I can't recommend Come Home, Gary Glitter enough. Mm -hmm. uh, again, Jackie Chan is in a Jackie fucking Chan is in a documentary about Gary Glitter. Yes, but like, Jackie Chan is not chance. a. But Jackie Chan is not a pedophile. So we don't know that. <laughs> okay, I mean, no, yeah, that's the he's not. It's like, like why was Chris, he in Cambodia, dude? It, why was he in Cambodia? <laughs> it's like how Chris Tucker is like associated with Epstein now. You're like, what are you doing in that plane, Chris Tucker? Chris Tucker was on the plane. He was on the plane. What? It, it was like it was like Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, and Chris Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they all, it, that's like a joke. Fucking Donald Trump, Bill Clinton, and Chris Tucker walk into a bar. Bartender says, get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's it, folks. Uh, we'll be back next week with an, another dump. I promise it will be lighter than this one. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, this, this was a heavy-duty heavy dump. But um, 
Make sure you subscribe to our Patreon to get all the exclusives that we have to offer. That's patreon.com slash culture dumps. You can follow us on Instagram at culture dumps, and I recommend you do. So you can see all the pictures of the Mount Touchmore that we're going to be posting. It's just oh, like gosh. these guys. You can't believe how crazy these guys look. Um, and if you have a suggestion, you can always email us at culture dumps at gmail.com. We got some good recommendations the other day. A, a couple people now have said bum fights. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Bum. Yeah. So, uh, that's it, folks. Keep on dumping.